This is riveting. Find more at riveting.fm. I'm Morgan, and I'm a publicist. I'm Linda, and I'm a writer-editor. And this is... Drink! Drink! Drunk! It's like a reflective... I, I'm too drunk to talk about it now, but it's like reflexive. <laughs> and this is another thing that gets on my nerves, and it's super specific. Oh my god. Like putting that lubrication on, like, listen, we're about to go from text to a link. A grammar show with, with a, a drinking drink. problem. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Drink Drunk Drunk. I hope you've been drinking. Because we've been drunken. Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, I can't get the computer to work. Okay. Well, this is a good start. This is a really... This actually probably sets the tone for what the rest is going to be like. Guys, there is a sweet spot. There is a sweet spot between work. We're like nice and tipsy. We're we're gonna talk about grammar and words and language, and it's gonna be really fun. And, and we might even sound smart. Oh God, we could say something that we're like, oh my God, we should write that down. And then there's a little bit too much, <laughs> and that might be we might be borderline right now. Well, let's just let's just, just ride it out and see. Yeah, I hope it's not morning time when you're listening to this. I, I hope you're also enjoying a beverage. All right. Ditto. Sock it to me. <laughs> um, so recently, I'm so sorry, guys. Technology. Mm. Okay. So I just bought you so much time. I know. I'm such an <laughs> a-hole. Okay. So in February, a writer at The Atlantic, Adrienne LaFrance, so mm. a lady writer, analyzed a year of her reporting looking for gender bias. Oh, so she had done this in 2013, and in 2013, she found that over the course of the year, about 25% of the people quoted or mentioned in her own writing were women. So she did the same thing at the end of 2015. Dun, dun, dun. Drum roll, please. That's not a drum roll. Similar results. Mm. <laughs> and I'm sorry, what was it? 30%? 25%. 25%. So she's a tech writer. Um, uh that yeah. explains actually a lot more than her so, being a woman. <laughs> it explains some more. Um, and she tries to write a lot about diversity in Silicon Valley. And she says the gross disservice that today's tech giants are doing to women and people of color by consistently overlooking them for jobs and promotions. Um, blah, blah, blah. And she says whenever she does that, she gets comments on her articles saying, well, this is a pipeline problem. Less than one-fifth of computer science graduates are women, and it's not Google's fault that they can't find qualified women to hire. To which she says, please. Please. With four E's. She says, yeah. either you want a diverse workforce or you don't. Um, she says, this goes for journalists too, which is why two years ago, I sent out to better understand gender representation in my own work. So... Uh, that's when she found out that in her own writing, she was only quoting or sourcing uh, 25% ladies. And she says, before we get into that, let me explain why I wanted to do it in the first place. And she talks about male dominance in global media, in newsrooms, in articles. Men are leaders. They make more money. They get more bylines. They spend more time on camera. They're quoted far more often. Yada, yada, yada. Linda, I know you had... Um, 
experience Mm -hmm. in this topic as well. Yeah. So I um, was telling Morgan that I once sat in on a sports journalism seminar and it was actually about gender bias and your language. And um, it was less about like who you covered or or who you quoted, but it was more about why you use certain, you know, qualifiers sometimes. And so like an example would be if your lead in an article was um, Abby Wambach led uh, the women's soccer team to victory, Mm -hmm. you know, for the something cup i don't know yeah. i don't know sports Listen. i was about to say stanley cup but i was like wait that's so- that no that's hockey I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway all i'm saying is this person was saying i am so aware of this problem and i you know th- talk about this all the time but like that person wrote that lead like that yeah. he said you know if i've I don't think it was Abby Wambach, but it was something, it was someone similar. And I actually think it was the U.S. women's soccer team. And Mm -hmm. he said something like led her women's team or like women's soccer players, Abby Wambach led her team to victory or something to that effect. And he's like, why do I have to say that women's like, and why do I have to say Abby Wambach broke the, the world, like women's soccer player, Abby Wambach broke world record for x because she broke the world world record whatever he was saying abby wambach i don't know if she broke world world record she probably did but like whoever he was saying broke a world record Mm -hmm. but he said he qualified her as a woman instead of (laughs) morgan just like a huge (laughs) gulp like as i'm like getting impassioned about this she's like Like yeah yeah so he's like, why do I have to say that she's a woman? She just broke a world record yeah. for like many, for everyone. Yeah, that's and kind of I'm distressing saying, that you have to call that out. Yeah, but it's like, you know, and you of course wouldn't say, and so hit the subtext here is, of course, you wouldn't say yes, man soccer player. Yes, totally. whatever. So, I mean, totally. I can't, it's like, so I literally had to Google women's soccer players to like, have the name Abby Wambach at the forefront of my mind to be able I know. to even I was say that. really impressed by that. Thank you. Um, so Adrian, who wrote this story, um, so she talks about how she does this herself and w- the basis of this story. Um, and she says, uh, yes, my job is to serve readers by finding the best sources for my stories, but why assume that the best source isn't a woman? By substantially underrepresenting an entire gender, I'm missing out on all kinds of viewpoints, ideas, and experiences. So she says she doesn't do this on purpose, but it's not necessarily by accident either. Um, she says she spent several weeks working on a certain story, and right as she was preparing it, um, she realized she hadn't interviewed any women. Um, and the deadline pressed, and it was just too... The deadline yeah. was more important than gender equality in that particular. And you she know she's being glib about it, but it was um, something that I guess happened a lot. And just calling on herself to be a lot more cognizant of this. And she says uh, the three steps suggested would be to actively look for more sources about newsworthy women. Um, she said a lot of publications cover primarily men because men are the ones 
leading companies or being president or being a senator. So people are right. writing about them. But the reality is women are 50% of the people in the world. So they're obviously doing important things and newsworthy, newsworthy things. And you have to go find them. You don't just wait for them to fall on your I lap. mean, it's really refreshing that she even realizes, I think, this mm-hmm. um, this situation because honestly, like she is, and I'm not trying to be glib about this, but she is going after the most obvious yeah. people mm-hmm. to, to do this and who are the spokespeople and have been the spokespeople for this certain industry, the tech industry. And they are men and like for the most part. And, you know, it's good that she is making this you know effort to say like you know what from now on i'm gonna find these women and i don't care if they're like working out of their homes and and doing it that way or if they're maybe not the highest person on the on the ladder at x company but i want to find those women because they're super smart and they're doing their own thing and yeah or if i need to find a a user quote somebody who uses this program or this technology like a different extra step and dig up a woman <laughs> like they're dig out up a there woman. um so she says the second stop which is basically that be more inclusive in quote-unquote one-off stories the pieces where you interview or mention a person just once they're not necessarily an ongoing source they're not somebody you go back to for future stories but it's just you need that soundbite that's a great place where you can fit women into your reporting because like i said they're half of the people and they have stuff to say they're out there mm-hmm. and the third place um try to cultivate women sources um, for your dedicated beats. Like, so if you're a journalist who writes about technology or cars or beer or things that you think that is a male dominated field, go out, there are women there, go find them, build a relationship and just have them as one of your go-to people. Maybe you have three or four people that you rely on for quotes or information or to help you build stories, plug some women in there. Yeah, I mean, it matters, and it it matters to get a well-rounded viewpoint in all, you know, aspects of of potential like minority exclusion. So it's you know, it's it's uh, it's good that she's yeah realizing that. And um, you know, another issue from the uh, sports seminar that I, the sports journalism seminar that I was in, which is just weirdly fascinating. Yeah, since I don't even this. know like what the Stanley Cup is. I don't know. So um, he was like, you know, if I say like so-and-so, I'll just use Abby Wambach since she's the only person I I know. She's literally the only like sports player I know. So it's not like she's the only woman sports player. Well, my references are all from the 90s. I'm like, what about Gabby Reese, beach volleyball? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, is she the one that turned into a model? Yeah. Yeah, oh, she was so beautiful. She was so beautiful. I mean, I'm sure she still is. I just don't was she also see her on around. MTV, or am I like now mixing up my things? I don't know about that. You know, I didn't have cable when I was a kid. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> and I don't have cable now, so Morgan, I have nothing to talk about. Um, <laughs> just feminism. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so why we're such jerks, and why we drink so much? Why we're so fun to be around? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you just want to stay on this tear about Mm-mm. sexism? Because I've got a whole other article about it. Oh, sure. If there's a if there's a different topic, we can. So keep going. these are this is fun. These are eight worlds that reveal the sexism at the heart of the English language. Worlds or words? <laughs> words. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So good. Um, okay, so is the English language inherently sexist? Dun dun dun. Let's talk about it. So this is also in The Guardian where I love to read stuff because they have a whole section of the website, newspaper. Who knows? I don't get the newspaper devoted to language. <laughs> and you love European things. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so col- collocation is the likelihood of two words occurring together. So like if I if I say pop, you start thinking, like, what's the next word that might come out of my mouth? Corn. Popcorn? Popcorn. Oh, I thought you said coin. No. <laughs> it's a popcorn. Right. Yes. Okay. okay. Popcorn, pop music, pop song, pop oh. star. Like, God. and then, <laughs> like, you know, you're not, but you're not going to be like, I bet she's going to say banana. Like, that's unlikely. That would be stupid. That's, un- it's just less likely. I could. Okay. Pop banana. Um, so pop-up videos <laughs> that's what i think of literally every time i hear pop so an example another example of this collocation which i don't even know if i'm saying that right but <laughs> the likelihood of two words occurring together yep according to oxford dictionaries mm. when you see the word rabid it mo it might likely be followed by the word feminist shut up <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever heard those two words together. So according to Oxford <laughs> Dictionary, the word rabid was defined as having proceeding from an extreme or fanatical support of a belief in something. For example, a rabid feminist. Uh, <laughs> I am like dumbfounded right now. I'm a dumbfounded feminist. Are those two together? Because it's like, what? The F, I have never heard those two words together. I have to, I'm proud to say. It gets worse. Oh, God. Other explicitly sexist examples in the dictionary include shrill, defined as the shrill, the rising shrill of women's voices. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait, do they say what edition of the Oxford Dictionary they're even looking at? Mm. I'm like it doesn't make me less angry it's just like if it's 1960 I will think no. of it a little bit differently than like I mean this is an article that this the source material was written in January of 2016 <laughs> and they say that oh the, my god they said the Oxford Dictionary has said it will review the after being accused of sexism and it's oh my god current example um, grading was defined as sounding harsh and unpleasant, illustrated with the phrase, her high grading voice. While nagging, <laughs> we use the example phrase, a nagging wife. Oh my God. So the Oxford Dictionary fucking hates women. Like this is hates. crazy. How is this even possible? Wait, one thing I want to say, this kind of reminds me, I wish that the Oxford Dictionary editors could be in a room of like freelancers and editors and writers like they are at the American Copy Editors Society Conference where when the AP style book editors get up and basically like have to take you know questions <laughs> and accusations from the crowd and oh, like man. why haven't you changed this and then people get so angry and it's about like 
sometimes, well, super interesting stuff to me, but also sometimes dumb stuff. Um, and they get called out. Yeah. Like, so, okay. An example last year was that they got called out at the conference for, uh, I'm trying to think now, it, it, and I might be um, maybe stating this wrong, but I think in the atheist listing mm-hmm. that it says someone who doesn't believe in god okay or maybe even a god but um god is capitalized interesting as opposed to and i think this was the gripe that the person had and it's understandable because it's like why are you capitalizing god in a listing about someone who doesn't believe in god Mm -hmm. or a god and um they're like by capitalizing the word God in that listing, you are, like, lending, you know, like, you, you are you are saying that God is worth yeah. capitalizing, right. sort of. Yeah. So, yeah. you shouldn't be capitalizing it. So, I mean, but, like, you know, this so was... So, people got pissed. Yeah. So, this was, like, an intense conversation slash, slash accusation at these, like, three people who stand up in front of you know 200 people say and have to take these complaints which which are valid complaints but they're also you know they're at least up there i guess and and addressing it and i i have a feeling that like the next edition might not have that after hearing that it's like okay good point and they aren't thinking about it you know what i mean and i think that's like a lot of the thing but it's like these people need to really (laughs) reevaluate how they are (laughs) illustrating their words because that is ridiculous are there other terrible examples that i don't want to hear um no that's pretty much it but when um when people got mad at them when when this came out and you know people took to twitter because of course oxford dictionaries is on twitter at oxford words mm-hmm. um they responded if only there were a word to describe how strongly you felt about feminism oh my god uh and it got worse and then they did that a- is ridiculous they did the next day say we were flippant in some of our tweets yesterday sorry i am rabidly angry about that just like (laughs) we were flippant sorry it's like such a little baby so recently uh sort of continuing with our gender in language uh theme here recently there was a story about the fact that SeaWorld is going to stop breeding uh killer whales in captivity i thought so, we were going to talk about something uplifting <laughs> i well, guess that is kind of uplifting. i don't think i promised uplifting i think i promised not depressing although i do agree <laughs> that this is maybe starting off on a depressing note okay although i think the news maybe is good yeah it depends sure. on your perspective i guess but um Morgan knows, and Brian knows, that I'm a huge killer whale fanatic. Like, they are my number one animal. I have spent hundreds of dollars to try to see killer whales in person, like, (laughs) in the wild. Like, I have gone on tours, and I've never seen one. But, like, yet people, like, accidentally see them when they're, like, crossing the Walt Whitman Bridge in Philadelphia or something. Like, it is so annoying to me. No, not not that (laughs) in particular, but, like... 
people seriously see them at, like the most random like oh i was just on the beach and i saw them and like okay, i happened well. to be there and yeah it was cool i got a picture i was so bored though and i'm like what <laughs> like i spent hundreds of dollars to try to see killer whales and i never see them so anyway i I've love seen killer whales. Humpbacks. you have where hawaii in california all right everyone just suck it <laughs> um anyway they're so big it gives me the heebie-jeebies I love it. Oh, my God. They're so majestic. Oh, it's, it makes me creeped out. No. <laughs> God, they're the too worst. big for this earth. You're too small for this earth. <laughs> anyway. I am. That's why I get sick to my stomach when I zoom out on Google Earth. <laughs> I right. can't zoom too far. I get really nervous. Quick shout out. If you love killer whales and whales of all sorts and penguins <laughs> like I do... Uh, follow <laughs> and penguin. <laughs> follow Paul Nicklin, uh, N I C K L E N, on Instagram. He is a photographer for National Geographic, and he is amazing. And he like takes pictures of whales all the time. He's a whale awesome. humper. Oh God! <laughs> now you're just ruining this for me. Anyway, getting back to language. Um, so SeaWorld you know so they're gonna stop uh breeding in captivity for killer whales now you're orcas. never gonna see them <laughs> <laughs> well i've seen them at SeaWorld, <laughs> but you know blackfish and stuff i won't go back anyway so because of the blackfish controversy they are gonna stop and at the end of this article that i was reading on npr.org uh they happened to mention that Tilikum, their most popular whale and their biggest whale, is um, undergoing health issues. Would you like me to read you the quote? Yeah, read me the quote. SeaWorld says, The orca appears to have a bacterial infection in its lungs that is resistant to treatment and that its health is deteriorating. So here is what shocked me out of my whale gazing or whatever when I was <laughs> reading this, which was... The use of the word it's, and I think it's because I have maybe this like intense connection. Do you have a Google alert for whales? <laughs> Is that how you found this story? No. <laughs> but I do seem to find whale news wherever I go. Um, but like this in, I just feel like this has been such a personal story for so many people. And... <laughs> You're really projecting here. (laughs) (laughs) But like the use of the word it's it's for describing Tilikum's lungs. His lungs, maybe? Oh my god, he's only this like one of the park's uh, most prolific breeders siring more than twenty calves. Yeah. It's like he has been your bread and butter. All right. So also SeaWorld didn't write this. No, but like <laughs> SeaWorld didn't. I am just like, so not only like, besides the bread and butter part, it's just like, oh my God, like the amount of, I feel like connection that people have to this beautiful creature. And you are saying it. And I so mean. So you want NPR to say his and he and him so i used to actually never have an opinion about that and that is a style issue Mm -hmm. that people have in-house um or that organizations have in-house to refer to animals as his or her or its um so 
I just like wonder would they do that with a dog like so and so like say the Obamas lost their dog Bo Bo <laughs> and they were like they posted its picture all over the neighborhood though I'm sure like the Obamas wouldn't have to post Bo's picture right, all right. over the neighborhood but yeah. like if they use the word it's like wouldn't that seem so impersonal like hmm. I don't know. I just feel like, why use that? Like the I'm animals... doing a Google search on Bo Obama right now. <laughs> animals have genders. So why not use their genders? I don't understand the point of using its to describe an animal. I don't know what Bo identifies as. <laughs> I, I literally just gave a look of like, oh, that's interesting. And I'm like, no. Like, no. I'm not... I'm trying to humanize, oh my gosh. I guess, these animals. But it's just like, in other languages, which we've talked about before, I mean, like, a dresser gets a, yeah. a gender. And we can't manage to do that for our beloved animals or pets. So I was just, like, really shocked when I read that uh, sentence in the NPR story. I'm trying to see if people give Bo a gender when they write about him. Of course they get Boa gender. I mean, well, that would be interesting to see, Morgan, if NPR gets Boa gender, since NPR did not give Tillicum a gender. Tillicum has been denied so many things in his life. His oh, life. Tillicum. What kind and of name is Tillicum, anyway? It's a beautiful name. Genuinely curious. Internet's slow up here, Coco. <laughs> hmm. NPR doesn't write about Bo Obama a lot. For fans of Bo Obama, a baseball card. Hmm. Well, NPR is like a real news source, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding a lot of like a Bo stories on like People and E Online. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't trust them for my style guide issues. No, I'm not clicking on those. I'm waiting for. There's a USA Today story loading. Do you trust them? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have a an in-house style guide that they really stick to and think about it looks like they avoid the gender altogether it's part of a larger easter story you know and that might be a, the case too so a dog that actually belongs to someone that is notable um or maybe not even notable, but ugh, a dog is just so personal to so many people or a cat because so many people have had those as pets growing up. <gasps> NPR called Bo his. Breaking news. <laughs> In 2009, the Portuguese water dog now has his own baseball card. We've got <sighs> his photo in this post. I think this is worth an investigation. Wow. Why does Bo the dog... Justice for Tillicum. Justice for Tillicum, indeed. <laughs> Finally. This bow story was also filed under must-reads. <laughs> was the Tillicum story filed under must-reads? Probably not. Huge news at the White House today for fans of Bo, the first puppy. And again, seven years ago, so he was a puppy, guys. Don't worry. They're not being inaccurate. Oh, yeah. Favorite food, tomatoes. No. <laughs> <laughs> my old dog loved tomatoes hmm. anyway that's interesting so they do it for a dog but not for yeah Tilikum was man to Tilikum was not filed under must read it was filed under America <laughs> if NPR ever writes a story about me let me tell you guys 
I would prefer to be filed under America <laughs> than under must read. <laughs> so point one for Tilikum. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We implore you to give us a rating of five stars or higher. <laughs> if higher is not available, five stars is fine. What she said. Uh, iTunes.com. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you go to review the stuff you like on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Send us your comments and questions and emails and tell me what your pet's name is. Drunkwordnerds at gmail.com. We'll be looking at your sign off. I'm going to go look at more pictures of Bo. Bye. Bye. Honestly, God, I need another glass of wine after that (laughs) monologue. This has been a riveting production.